I love that song because it so beautifully characterizes. Thank you so much. You say thanks. <laughs> so beautifully characterizes so much of what we've been talking about today. And I love even that desire, that, that reach or that balance between what we have to offer this almighty God and what his expectation is of us. You know, God made us. He made us with this amazingly um, complicated emotional package that we can't even figure out. God's, God's ways, he, we, we can't even figure ourselves heart out. Uh, Proverbs tells us that all man's ways seem innocent to him. And I think of that, you know, I'm sort of like, that's how we justify everything. God says, but motives are weighed by the Lord. And he says, a heart is deceitful above all things. How many of us just find ourselves messing with our own minds, but God knows. God knows where we've been. He knows what's broken us. He knows those parts of our heart that we don't even know are there yet. He knows needs that we never even knew we had yet. And uh, he wants to grow us in learning to accept all that he has to have, all that he has to offer us. And he's a loving God, an amazingly loving God, and I love how we're talking about that forsaking. I um, looked up that word, because God's word says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And forsake is the word afiemi, and it's a verb meaning to send away, to depart, like a husband divorcing, to abandon, to neglect, to turn your back on, and I think of Christ on that cross and those words that he cried out, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I, and I think that on, in that moment, God had taken our robe during this covenant study. And one of the coolest things about this covenant study is we're looking at how God's plan and his promise to us was established from the very beginning. It is such a beautiful picture, but we just finished studying this moment between David and Jonathan where Jonathan who is the rightful king. He's the firstborn son of Saul. He's the rightful next in line to take that throne. And he hands over to David his robe, his armor, and his sword. And in doing so, he's saying, you're to take my robe, my identity. I'm handing it to you, asking nothing in return. And that's such a beautiful picture of Christ's covenant with us. He hands us this beautiful white crimson robe. And on the cross, the robe he takes is all that God talks about, our desires of the flesh, the lusts, the sin. And because God can have no part of bad, he has to turn his back, abandon, forsake, divorce his son so that he'll never have to do that for us, ever, ever, ever. He is a God of great compassion. And I love, even as we go, I'm going to turn to Isaiah 43, kind of the place that we started this day, and it's going to be the place where we end this day. 43.2, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Through the fires, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. And I love this next line, for I am the Lord your God. And I find that when we go to 23rd Psalms, he says the same thing. The Lord is your shepherd, I shall not want. And it says, yea, though I walk, I am going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. 
That's part of this life. That's part of the fires. That's part of our trials. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And I think it's so easy to get in our Christian walk and look at all the things we should do and how we got to get it right and how we got to build our faith. And what I hear God saying over and over is, just give me your reach. It'll never be enough. Stop beating yourself up. Stop going to the kicking post about trying to make it enough. Stop telling about where you fall short. I know. That's why Christ died. He's covered that chasm between us. Just give me the best that you have and accept that it's not enough and I've never asked that of you. I'm a God of compassion and over and over and over I see this. I am with you. Even this, when you walk through the waters, I'll be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I did that with my own son, so I never would have to do it with you. Why? Because I love you. For God so loved the world, he sent his only son. His love for us has no bounds. He's the author of love. And his job is to teach us how to love each other, how to love ourselves in a proper, godly perspective. And I'm praying that today you will leave here having a little bit of a better understanding None of the stuff that I've talked about today is rocket science. It's not. It's just things we sometimes forget. We're a forgetful people. You know, I love that. We just look at Israel. (laughs) We study them. We just forget over and over again. We fall into these same negative habits and steps, and it's why we need to bind together and encourage one another. And it's why we need to meet Not so somebody can tell us some amazing truth we've never heard before, although it's really fun to have these little, I call them little mental orgasms with God, where he just gives you this thing and you're like, oh my gosh, I saw that like I've never seen that before. And it has so much new understanding and newness to me. And it is like this amazing experience. And we're going to have those. And praise God that he loves us so much that he gives us those. And praise God that in spite of how big he is, you know, we've sung of his boundlessness and how amazing he is. But he is so small that he can touch a hurt inside of us that nobody knows about. You know, there's such an amazing relationship that we are afforded as children of God. And I just pray that today God will have drawn you closer to him and a greater understanding of that. We're going to do an exercise and I'm going to send you out. I'm going to have you guys go, and I'm going to have you write a letter, a covenant letter, a promise letter. We talked a tiny bit about covenants between Ruth and Naomi, that covenant, that promise that was made. May God only separate us. And a covenant letter's sort of like a... Let's talk about the covenant first. And God's new covenant... It's not a conditional covenant. A covenant is a binding agreement, a promise made between two people. Um, It refers to, there's lots of ways that it was done. I'm not going to go really firmly into it. But it's a promise made between two people. And in God's new covenant, he's given us a new spirit, new life, a new heart, salvation, an everlasting plan of redemption once and for all with a high priest who has made a perfect sacrifice for us for the end of times. And it is an unconditional covenant available to anybody who is willing to accept that covenant. However, let's go back to David and Jonathan for a second. So Jonathan, as an example of Christ, just gives 
his identity as king to David. What's David's job? Does there have any responsibility? Was there, was there, between the two of them, was there a condition? Jonathan gave it freely, said, do whatever you're going to do with it. But what was the responsibility David had? What kind of a king? Accept it. And then, to the best of your ability, wear it well. Wear it well. And as Christ has given us his robe... And he's given us his identity. And he's given us as witnesses in this world. How are we going to wear it well? What do we need to do to wear it well for him? Not works-based. You guys get what I'm saying with the works? It's not works. There's no requirement. There's no conditions upon this. But we'll be in a lot more peace when we wear this coat well. When we understand who we are in Christ. When we rely on him. When we continuously remind ourselves because we're forgetful. Just remember you're forgetful. I know I've said it like 50 times, but you're forgetful. (laughs) I'm forgetful. If I don't remember who God is, and if I'm not in his word, guess what? I start getting bigger. He starts getting smaller, and he becomes my water bottle that I carry around in my purse because he's convenient, and I go to church, and if he's not with me, people are going to wonder where he is. But if I'm in the word, he's huge. And if I get into a stumbling place... I can go, hey, wait, wait, Lord. Okay, I don't know which way to turn. I don't like what's being done here. What do you want me to do? How, how? There's a reliance. And so I want you to go out. I'm going to send you out, and you're going to have about 40 minutes to spend time prayerfully with the Lord on where... What's your covenant? What, what are you, how are you going to wear this different as you walk out of this room today? How are you going to wear his robe different as you walk out today? And so in the back, there's some paper, there's an envelope, and there's a little contract. Now, you don't need to use any of these questions. These are just questions that if you would like to, this is going to be a letter between you and the Lord. And that's it. And I want you to write to the Lord from your heart. If you have forgotten who he is and what you want to do today that's different is, Lord, I'm going to remember who you are and that you do have. Whether I feel like it or not, you have authority over my life. Whether I feel like it or not, you are the Lord of my life. Whether I feel like it or not, your hand is upon me and you can handle anything that my life throws at you. Anything. You know, I love Job 42 too. Going back to Job. Nothing can thwart the plans of God. You know, it's kind of Job's answer after he's heard God tell him who he is. He's like, all right, I get it. Nothing can thwart your plans. No mess up we make is big enough to mess up God's plan. Isn't that cool? Because I've messed up pretty good. But none of it has circumvented his authority in our life. And he says again in Romans 8.28 that he will turn to get all things for those who love and are called according to his purpose. Now, there's a condition in this one for those who love and are called according to his purpose. We're to love him and we're to the best of our ability be called according to his purpose. So if that's where you're needing to write your letter to, if you have just let God be something you carry around with you, but he has not been somebody that you believe is able, then maybe that's the letter you need to write. Who am I in Christ? If you've forgotten who you are, let's say you grew up in a, in a broken home and you've allowed that to be your identity. 
Maybe your letter needs to be a little bit more about who I've decided I am in you, that I am set free, that I'm a beloved child of yours, that you care about me. And then how do these truths impact my faith and trust in you? And last, how am I going to live different? How am I going to live different today based on these truths? And it's sort of a, a remembrance. I love remembrances because what are we? We're forgetful. And I love having thin, things that are in our own spoken word. When I read something that I wrote, I know I meant it. <laughs> you ever felt like that? Like if it came from my mouth and this is where I wanted to be, then when I read it, I'm going to believe it. Did anybody ever see that movie? I'm hoping none of you did, and I'm almost embarrassed to say that I did, but it was a long time ago. Fifty First Dates? It's with Drew Barrymore, and she had this terrible accident. It was actually a cute movie outside of this one element, but she has an accident where she every single day forgets the day before, and so she lives this same day over and over, and it's the day her dad, it's the day she gets in the accident. And so um, Adam Sandler falls head over heels in love with her, but every day is a whole new day. She doesn't remember she met him the day before. And so... In the end of this movie, I'm going to break it for you, um, or blow it for you. She's listening to her own hand. She's journaled who she is and where she's at. And every morning she wakes up, there's a love note from her husband, Adam, who's not Adam in the movie, but please watch this video and read this book. And so every day she wakes up remembering who she is. And because it's in her own hand, she knows somebody's not pulling one over on her. And so she gets to live her life. And I think we need this type of remembrance. We need to be able to grab something in our own hand and say, okay, I'm, I'm refocusing and remembering where I've forgotten. And so that's the type of letter that I want you to go out and write. And you're going to choose somewhere on campus. Any limitations? Choose somewhere where you can go just have some quiet time with the Lord. If you don't have a Bible, I'm, there are some here if you want to grab one and just... Focus on God's truth as you pray about and write about it. And then we're going to come in and we are going to seal them. We're going to talk a little bit about being sealed by the blood of Christ. That he sealed us, that nothing can get us hold of us. And then we're going to do a little sealing ceremony because this is a covenant letter. And we're going to seal those letters um, just as a sign of our promise to him. So I'm going to close in prayer. And I'm first going to have you listen before we go out uh, to a little song that talks about the praising God in our storms and keeping a proper perspective.
going to go ahead and pray over all of you guys and then just go ahead and go to the back and just quietly go and spend some time with the Lord and the deaconesses and I will come and tap your shoulders when it's time to come in. If you have finished before, feel free to come in here and uh, just reflect and wait. Um, anybody have any questions before? Father God, I just thank you. Um, I just thank you so much for being such an amazing, compassionate, loving, healing, almighty, all-powerful God. And thank you that in all that, you desire a close and personal relationship within each and every one of us. And Lord, I just love that there is not one of us that you don't want to have that with. And Lord, even in Revelation, when you talk about a stone with a name written just for us. Lord, I just think of that as a little, a nickname that comes out of that joy in your heart for who we've been. Lord, thank you so much for taking joy in us and having joy in a relationship with us. Father God, we are so unworthy. And I just pray your hand upon each and every woman that is going to go out and write this letter to you. Father God, you alone know the depths of their hearts, Father God, and you alone know the things they need to remember about you. And you alone know the things that keep them guarded and protected from you, Father God. Lord, I just ask that you would mightily work in their hearts and their lives as they write this and pour this out to you. And Lord, that 
we would submit our lives to you, Lord, that we would allow you to be glorified through us with reckless abandonment of ourselves and our bodies, Lord. We love you so much, and I just pray your hand upon this time. In your precious name, amen. Here I am. I lost myself for a minute. <laughs> um, when my daughter was little, three, you know when your kids are in there and they like that repetition and they like the kids' music, you go through that season when you have young kids where the only thing you listen to is like Sesame Street and Veggie Tales and Elmo. And they don't have a lot of patience. So my daughter, when I got in the car, the first thing she, my song, you know, she's three, she'd shake almost, my song, my song, my song. And um, my response every time was, sweetheart, it's going to come. Sweetheart, it's going to come. And she gave me, there's a theory in, in therapy, it's called object relations theory. And it's when we sort of take on this object, we take on this message, and it becomes like, I like to describe it like a little mini-me. And we incorporate it in. And we're going through life. In our lives, we take on lots of little mini-me's that are the people that are giving us these messages. And we have this criticism. And, and in it, after a while, one day, she was just such a good example of this. Because here we'd gone through this dynamic probably every time for six months. She'd get in the car, shake, song, song. And I'd say, baby, just a minute, it's coming. And uh, so all of a sudden, she's doing this. She goes, mom, mom, song, song. Just a minute, baby, it's coming. So she had taken in and incorporated what I was saying. But it took a long time. And so I want you guys to leave here not feeling this pressure to get this right and this covenant, you know, that what you have just written to the Lord, that's your heart's desire. And I love the story of the King Josiah who's been given Israel. They don't have the temple anymore. They don't have the law. And it's, he, he, hires the masons, he has people pay taxes, and he's paying people to put together the temple, and they find the law. Now, Josiah has done everything in his power to serve and honor God. So the law is brought to him, and as he reads it, he just tears his clothing, and he's grieving because he recognizes how far he's missed the mark. And God's response to him is, oh, I've seen you grieve, and I've seen your heart, your heart's desire to honor me. He says, because of that, you will not see the punishment of Israel. So I just want each of you to know, as you write these letters, our God is a God that looks at our hearts. He looks at our heart's desire. And our job is just to give him the best we have every single day. And some days that's going to be a lot, and some days we're going to stumble. And, and, and so we're just going to have to learn that the more we practice saying, you know what, God loves me anyway, and my job is just to get back on track. I'm forgetful. You know, she kept saying, I'm forgetful. So maybe I'm forgetful, and sometimes I forget, but my job is to recognize better and better and to just get on track. And so in these letters, we're going to seal them, but they're not sealed forever. Anytime you forget the things you wanted to remember today, open it up. Open it up. Read it. Remind yourself who you want to be, and then you can close it up again. I don't care if it has seven seals on it. That's you saying, I'm recommitting to you, Lord. I got off track. He knows who we are. He knows, like Psalm says, he knows our frame. He knows the limit of our capacity. And he's made a way because our capacity is limited. So what we are going to do today, I'm going to ask the deaconesses that are going to be assigned 
to those back tables to go back to those tables now, please. And go ahead and light those candles. And we are going to go back there. And I want you guys, each of the deaconesses, just go to a table. Try to balance it out a little bit so that we don't have ten people at one table and nobody at another table so that we can go through this quickly. And they're going to seal each of your letters. Um, And I chose the color red because we're all sealed by the blood of Christ. And I loved, there's a couple verses that I wanted to read to you. But sealed is from the Greek word, it's hard to say, sphragizo, to set a seal upon, to mark, to seal for security from Satan. I cut my hand a couple weeks ago. I was washing out, I'm a coffee snob, so I was watching out my French press and it shattered on my hand and it cut me. And so I've been laughing. I went to the doctor and he's like, oh wow, it's healing pretty good because I'm a little stubborn too. And he said, I can't do stitches. You're going to have to go to the emergency room. And I said, mm, got steri strips because I'm not going to the emergency room. So just put a piece of tape on it. I'll take the scar. Thank you very much. So we were, I was laughing when I went back in because my scar is in the shape of a C. And I'm like, you know what, I'm marked. And I thought it was so funny as I was reading this. We're all marked. We're all marked for Christ. When we accepted him, we're marked. He sealed us, and he's bound us from Satan. Satan can't grab us anymore. Now, we can fall. We can stumble because that's our humanness and our limit and our capacity. But God has us in his hands. And I'm going to give you a couple of verses. 2 Corinthians 1, 21 to 22. And that says... Now, he who establishes us with you in Christ and anointed us is God, who also sealed us and gave us the Spirit in our hearts as a pledge. Holy Spirit is our pledge. Place the word on our hearts. 2 Corinthians 1, 21 to 22. The next one's Ephesians 1, 13. And that is, in him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with a Holy Spirit of promise. Again, notice that. We're sealed. Got the Holy Spirit. We've got a promise. And all of it came with our belief. God sealed us. And then Ephesians 4.30. He says it again. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, to whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Nothing can take us out of his hand. So as we go back, I want you, we are sealed by the blood of Christ and by believing. And that Holy Spirit lives in us to help us wear and take on that responsibility of that robe. How are we going to wear it? Well, then we've got the Holy Spirit to teach us every day a little bit better. And that's what we're supposed to give him is just the best, even when it's not good enough, and to help one another along the way. So I'm going to ask you guys to get up. And find your way back to the tails, tables so you can be sealed. It has been such a pleasure to be here with you today and to just share God's truth as he laid it on my heart to share with you. And I, my prayer has been from the timeshare asked me, um, just we as, even the deaconesses, I asked, and, and 
they agreed, just been praying for you since the very beginning, that God knew who needed to be here and that God knew the word he needed to speak to each and every one of you. And I'm just going to pray that as you go out, um, that you'll be brought back to his word. My biggest prayer was that you'd see his word is funny and fun, kind of is the one place that we can identify, not necessarily the only place, but we can see his truth and we can discern it from the lies around in this world. And so I am just praying that you would go out and you would have this special reminder of this covenant letter. You know, any legally binding document was sealed in the Old Testament times. And that is continued to, the day, to today. Look what we have a notary. A notary is the sign. It's a seal on any document that has any value. And so we didn't want to leave today without that mark or that seal. You guys know, each and every one of you has been marked by Christ, and it has nothing to do with who you are or what you've been able to contribute or bring to the table and everything to do with a God who loves you um, and wants you to live in this life to glorify him. And I'm going to say, I just want to close this one verse in Romans. I love Romans 8, 31 to 38. And as we think about walking through that fire, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies, who is the one who condemns. Christ Jesus is he who died, yes, rather, who was raised and is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? Just as it is written, for your sake we are being put to death all day long. We were considered as sheep to be slaughtered, but in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. God has designed for us to be free. I'm adding that. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, including ourselves, will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I pray that the truth of that scripture will just sink in more and more as you grow in him. So let me just close in prayer. Father God, I just thank you so much for being a God who loves us so much. Father God, for creating a love that is an unconditional, inseparable love. And Father God, for promising to teach us that. Father God, I thank you for the creation of faith, Lord. I thank you for putting your faith inside of us, Father God. And I thank you for your promise to grow it, Father God. Help us to relinquish that to you. Help us to know that we are incapable of growing that faith in us, Father, but the Holy Spirit is incapable of nothing. And Father God, he will bring us to completion on your day. Father God, help us to remember. Give us eyes to hear and ears to see. Wait, eyes to see and ears to hear, Father God, who you are in our lives. And I just ask that we would leave here with a little bit better vision and a little bit better hearing in the things of you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for this time. And Father God, thank you for the privilege of serving you in your precious name. Amen.